Jason Rance joins us at the Rance Report next in the Todd Herman Show. Shining a spotlight on the news you won't hear anywhere else. Jason Rance. Jason Rance. Jason Rance. This story, it's not going to be on CNN. It's not going to be on MSNBC. The Rance Report on the Todd Herman Show. May not be perfect, but it's still the best government we have. For now. Welcome back to the program, Mr. Rance. Good morning. How is everybody? Doing great. There How's is, your white um... range? <laughs> Man, I'm filled with it. As you can tell, I'm filled with it. I did get a listener request. We got a note from a guy. Um, he, he wants very much for you to hear this. Um, he's a, Jason, he's a, what we call in the radio business, a P1. He's one of the top listeners of the show, listens all the time. He begged me to get you this clip. Since 2002, we've reduced the average daily population of young people in the juvenile system at the Youth Services Center from 212 to fewer than 50. And he signed it SD Constantine. I think it means smack daddy Dow Constantine. How is that policy working out <laughs> in this area of the country? Not so well. I mean, in fairness, the problems that we're having in the Seattle area is not solely due to that, because yeah. they're taking basically the exact same position on adult criminals. So, I mean, they're actually <laughs> not putting people in jail who are clearly threats to our uh, neighbors, to our friends and family members who live in Seattle. And as a yeah. result, we, of course, are seeing a whole bunch of crime. And I, I look at your Twitter and I, I get up in the morning and I will often your Twitter is on for show prep for me because you break news constantly. You've been on the beat of the uh, you know critical race theory for a long time. In fact, Jason, I said the other day, I think it's fair for us to say that KTTH called out critical race theory before anybody. I think anybody maybe even in talk radio. But yeah, I was listening to that, too, because I agree we weren't necessarily calling it critical race theory right. when we started to do this. But it's all the same. It's very clearly what we're seeing in schools is them using the CRT lens to view and present and frame topics to children who don't know that they're being indoctrinated, because this is the first time for most of them that they're even being introduced to the, you know, the history of this country or even the history of math, which is now oppressive. So they're being taught this as fact. And I think that that's the problem with all of this. And when I looked at this thing that, that Chris Rakedall said, uh, Chris Rakedall, folks, is the boss of government schools in Washington state. And, uh, you know, Jason, I have a problem with Rakedall's obsession with the pornographic perverse sex ed, which you're also um, all over and helping to expose. But I don't hear you call out people to say this is a blatant lie. But when Chris Rakedall came out and said critical race theory is not being taught in this state, first of all, I wish I was there when you saw this. And it was, uh, he said this on a very liberal radio program, G and Ursula and Car Radio. Um, and, and he said this, I, I, I want to see what it looked like when, when, you, when you saw Chris Rakedall say well, that. Can you reenact that for us? Well, it was mostly a double take of reading the quote. I was like, huh? What? Really? And I, I know what he's doing because, there, look, there is a strategy that activists on the left are taking right now as it relates to CRT. Right. They're either claiming that it's not being done at all or they're redefining the debate. And for Chris Rachel, he did both of those in one strategy. So on the one hand, he's saying, no, CRT isn't being taught in the classroom, and then he reframes the debate. 
Now, what he's doing, and it's so dishonest, and this is why I call it a lie. Because generally speaking, I'm not going to tell people, call people liars because I don't really know that. I suspect it in some cases. In this case, it's very clearly a lie. He's reframing the debate to say that we're not teaching critical race theory as in CRT 101. We're not going over the history of what CRT <laughs> is and who are the leaders behind it in yeah. classrooms. That is 100% true. No one is arguing that. I've never heard anyone say CRT 101 is being taught in our classes. <laughs> what we know is that they're using, these teachers are using the principles, the values, the ideology of CRT in how they approach the topics, which is why, for example, at Canyon Park Middle School about a month ago, or maybe three weeks ago I did the story, the teacher was telling kids about their uh, white privilege and told them that identity politics is the way to uh, destroy systems of oppression. I've got the training from the Highline Public School District in which they're telling people all of the CRT concepts it, it, it is it is so ludicrous for him to make this claim, and he knows it's a lie, which is why he needs to get called out. Right, and I mean, it, it, you can go through your stories, stories I've had. We played the uh, uh, highlights of an interview with a woman um, named Katie, whose husband is a black cop and mm-hmm. retired Marine who came home to a video that is classic critical race theory with these mixed-race kids asking themselves, wait a minute, should we hate my dad? Well, no, he's black, so he's a victim, but he's a cop, so he's a murderer. Should we hate the white part of ourselves or the black part of ourselves? Yeah. It's phenomenal that this is happening. It really is. Right. And, and there, was one, there was one point that I do think he was correct about. There are some folks on our side who will put everything under the CRT lens that's objectionable in the classroom. And I do think we should be more wary uh, when people around us do that, because whenever you put everything under the umbrella of CRT, you give bad faith activists like Chris Reichel the opportunity to claim that we're lying. So I would just caution people that not everything is CRT that's objectionable in the school. It could be objectionable for different reasons. And so I do think we have to be a little bit more careful in some instances when we're calling some of this out. How concerned are you about um, the ultimate outcome of I, – I, I, look, Jason, I truly believe that, that the left is one part useful idiots or useful idiocy uh, and one part someone pushing them to do these things to divide our nation in these insane ways, dividing kids from parents and teens from parents and, and dividing families and, and off obviously the country on race, but – to erect one race of people, that is white people, to say, see them, they're the problem. Am I wrong to look at that and say that almost ends, really almost always ends badly when you racially scapegoat an entire class of human being? We know that that ends badly because we had a history in this country of doing that. And this idea that we're, you know, the folks on the right are trying to ignore that history is ridiculous. We're trying to point out that that history tells us why we shouldn't be doing that now to white people or any people. This idea that we should now be judging everyone exclusively on their skin color is the exact opposite of what we thought was the societal ideal not long ago when we were all taught, again, telling us we never learned history or our our racial uh, history in this country. We all learned about Martin Luther King Jr., and we all took his message, certainly when I was a kid, that we were supposed to inspire one another to judge people on the basis of their character, who they are, how they act, instead of based on what they look like. And 
I thought everyone was in agreement. But since the BLM movement has taken hold of this country, <clears throat> they've gone in the opposite direction. And they think that they're doing this because they are, number one, punishing white people who have had, quote unquote, privilege all this time and power, and they need to be put in their place. But it's going to create the exact circumstance that the folks used to decry when it was happening towards black people. And they were right to call it out. And yet now they're doing the exact same thing to a different group. No, and it's infuriating. And I think it even goes down to um, the most absurd thing I've heard, and I find it deeply disconcerting, is to see a very senior United States military official say, Mm -hmm. "Uh, obviously I need to read about white rage, but I believe in it. That's that's a made up phrase. And honest to goodness, if 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 I just came on one day on the radio without context, Jason, no context, opened up a microphone and said, folks, black people have a rage problem. There's black rage in this country. How long do I have a radio show if I don't do if I don't provide any context to that? Yeah, I know the boss, and he would probably at least have a scolding <laughs> of you and then probably fire you. So, I mean, but the, you're 100% you guys correct, don't even I mean, know what an inside <laughs> joke that is. You guys don't even you, know. <laughs> The thing is, they they know that, and yet they're saying it's okay now because white people have had privilege and this is their comeuppance. And I just think that that is a dangerous type of rhetoric to embrace. I I do. All right. All right. Listen, I have a white rage meeting I got to get to, so I know that the show. (laughs) Are we in the same group? Oh, my gosh. I think we are. But it's still like, my name is Jason Ransom. I have white. Yeah, but I think that because you're Jewish, you have a little uh, seat further up front because of the intersectional ally possibility of that. Although the left hates Jewish people. What am I saying? The the left doesn't really acknowledge Jews, so, you know, we're just white people. (laughs) Okay, got it. Got it. Jason Rantz, 3 to 6 p.m. right here on KTTH Podcast. Thanks, Jason. Thank you.